PGAM 2023 and beyond. March concluded, and that means the end of Problem Gambling Awareness Month, but that doesn't mean we stop talking about gambling. This episode will reflect on what specific areas people can focus on in order to keep those impacted by gambling now and in the future. This is Talking Addiction and Recovery, the podcast talking, you guessed it, all about addiction and recovery. Join your host, licensed professional counselor, Andrew J. Schreier, as he and his guests break down recovery topics with raw honesty, delving into niche conversations around the topics of substance abuse, mental health, and gambling. We intend to meet individuals where they are on their own personal journey of recovery with dignity, respect, and compassion. We'll do more than talk addiction and recovery. We'll explore it. We're glad you've joined us here with today's episode, your host, Andrew Schreier. Problem Gambling Awareness Month. You know, we are talking about it after March has ended and we are now into April. So why? Uh, Because gambling prevention, education, research and treatment doesn't just start or end in March. You know, it needs to happen all the time. As gambling, such as sports betting is expanding, we have to make sure we continue to do the same thing routinely And efforts don't stop just because a certain month is over. And that means making sure we talk about it continuously and we have the conversations that are needed. Gambling is becoming increasingly easier to access with expansion of ways, along with advancements in technology. So we have to continue to make our voices heard to advocate for responsible gambling, along with efforts to help those impacted by it. By the end of this episode, I would want listeners to be able to focus on two main questions. One, what did you do for Problem Gambling Awareness Month in 2023? And two, what can you do to improve what you did going forward for the rest of the year for 2024 and beyond? So I'll tell you what we did in 2023. And before doing so, I want to talk a little bit about what we did in 22, uh, 2022 because that helped set the stage and that sort of helps us to see what we want to do going forward. So in summer of 2021, I joined Community Medical Services in which we provide services to help those impacted by opioid use disorder. Now, it is quite common, unfortunately, for places that do not address gambling specifically to ignore it, you know, and sometimes intentional and others intentionally. So as a place that provides substance use treatment, you might not think to talk about gambling as a place that provides mental health services. You might not think that it's needed. If you work with a certain population like youth, you might think, well, kids don't gamble, so it's not something that we have to, to think about. So as I came to a place that specifically addressed substance use, in particular opioids, and even with a specific treatment modality, 
it was something where, well, what are we doing with gambling? So in 2022, I wanted to do something to see if we needed to think more about gambling among our patients. So we have thousands of patients across our organization in different states. So in order to get a snapshot of it, I put together a survey of five questions to see how many patients we could get to complete it and give us a glimpse into what is going on, and in particular, gambling. At the same time, I also wanted to know how confident our behavioral health staff were when it comes to like training, education, and even resources if a patient were to come to them and say, hey, I've got a problem or I want help with gambling. So we did those two things. And, you know, some surveys went out to different staff across the states. You know, I believe, you know, we had a lot of participation in Wisconsin. There were some Arizona clinics that we had do a good amount, but across the states that we were in, we had staff try and get these surveys completed. Then they scanned them, sent them back to me, and I manually entered this data, which we still have. But back then in 2022, we had a total of 545 patients complete surveys about gambling, which is a pretty high um, you know, volume of individuals. So I thought that was an amazing accomplishment from across the clinics. We were able to get that much uh, right, right below like that 550 mark, but 545. At the same time, we had 45 staff members complete the surveys about their, their gambling knowledge, which was once again, I think a, a really good amount of individual staff professionals who often held, you know, like substance use licenses to do counseling and provide feedback on their own knowledge, education, even resources about gambling. So now I took that information and we've, we've pulled it together. We looked at it. There's a, a couple times where we put some information together about it. So now 2023 was, was approaching, right? At the time, I didn't really have anything planned yet, but at the beginning of the year, I was asked by the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services to come and present at their 15th annual Gambling Disorder Symposium. And I was asked specifically to present on gambling among medicated-assisted treatment for opioid use disorder. You know, are we ignoring gambling? Now, I did this presentation already at the National Council on Problem gambling conference in 2022. And that's where I actually use all the survey data from our patients and from our staff members to talk about gambling among our patients with our specific, you know, opioid use diagnosis with Medicaid assisted treatment modality. And what do we see from that? So someone was either in attendance and heard it or through word of mouth, you know, wanted this specific presentation. And I was like, that's really great. You know, this is a chance to present on both those topics and to go to a state where uh, I haven't been yet to present. And come to find out, we also have two clinics that were both within about 20, 25 minutes driving from where this, this uh, symposium was being held. So this is like perfect. 
in my mind, I was like, what can we do to show we are doing something to help those potentially impacted by gambling in that area? So the idea that we came up with was to use the brief biosocial gambling screen, the BBGS, and also provide local and national resources for gambling. So 2022, it was to do some surveys to just see what we can find among our patients and our staff. Now, to take it a step further, it was let's see if we can screen patients, but also provide them with local and national resources. So I created this like pull tab type ticket where staff would screen a patient with the BBGS questions. And on the small tab, there'd be a list of local gambling resources along with the National Council on Problem Gambling hotline and website. So it's pretty easy where someone can take it and then they tear the tab, hand someone the resources, and they keep the survey results. And I knew it wasn't going to just stop in Michigan either. So being located in Wisconsin, I knew this was something I was going to want to do for the month of March and really see how many we could do and provide resources for the Wisconsin Council on Problem Gambling here. And once again, connecting with the national resources as well. So I spent a lot of time printing all these screening resources with these on these tickets. Uh, I'll post it on the Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast social media account so you can see what they look like. And I'll also post a picture of all the ones that were returned because we, we want to gather some data so everyone that had a patient complete one, they put them all together in envelopes and returned them to me so I could enter them in manually. I wouldn't pick some up. I had some mailed to my house. And the stack of surveys that was completed was eight inches thick stacked. Now in total, with Michigan and Wisconsin combined, the staff screened and provided resources for 827 patients. How incredible is that? I mean, I just want listeners to take that, that, that number into an account of the amount of patients that were screened for problem gambling and given local and national resources. I was so taken back as I continued to receive envelopes full of these and the numbers continued to grow as I was entering them in. I was all of a sudden like looking at number being like, oh my gosh, this is this is how much we achieve when all of a sudden I would also realize I still don't have an entire clinic's stack still left to go. So that that number continued to climb and climb as to how many were we, we were able to help in two states. So two states, over 827 patients. And patients walked away knowing we were doing something to ask about gambling and provide resources if they wanted help. I think a lot of patients know if they wanted to get some help or ask for some resources, they know they can come to us for it. You know, what is also great about something like this is the effort wasn't that tremendous. You know what I mean? It's not like it was something we had to invest a substantial amount of resources to. 
It was something that could be done very quickly. It was given to them. And we made it very realistic. It wasn't like, let's make sure we have all these full-length sessions or discussions or in, into gambling, but it was, let's screen them, give resources. Screen them, give resources. Giving them that resource, maybe they're going to call that number. Maybe they're going to visit that website. Maybe they'll give that to someone that they know or that they are concerned about someone else's gambling. We are still going to do some things with this information. And I know it's going to help us identify some goals of what we want to do with the remainder of 2023 and also what we do with 2024. So for yourself, you know, think about, you know, what did I or what did we do for Problem Gambling Awareness Month of March 2023? You know, do we have anything planned? Did we have anything that we provided or used either for people that we directly serve or for staff members? You know, I think for people, there are a lot of great things that have been done with plans to accomplish more. Unfortunately, I think there are also some people who may think back and realize they didn't do much for it. And they don't have any current plans for the rest of the year. You know, we know gambling is one of the areas that is often forgotten, ignored. What I've come to say more and more is it's hidden in plain sight. So not everyone thinks about, well, what are we doing to address gambling? You know, some places are always thinking about what they're doing to address substance use or what are we doing to address mental health. But what are we doing to help or support areas in relation to gambling? What else will I be doing? Some fun news. I'm currently in the waiting process to see if my board-approved clinical consultant is approved, which means I can supervise professionals who are going towards their international certified gambling counselor certification. I'll also be back at the National Conference on Problem Gambling in July in Washington, D.C. this year and doing two presentations on harm reduction and relapse stigmas and solutions. So what are some things that people can do? You know, how can I put some things in my on my radar, in my planning for gambling? One particular area that I think is just a good starting point is to start paying more attention to things that you're seeing. Headlines, news articles, things that are about gambling. There's a lot more out there now with the expansion of gambling. So looking at things with like legislation, sports betting, paying attention to advertisements, see some of the things that go on with at the end is there a problem gambling helpline information or website given to it and also you know one of the big differences with gambling is the stories about someone with a gambling problem you'll notice this is a difference between like substance use and mental health is it use it usually is a story about one or two people two people usually most at max where this article talks about this one person's gambling problem and the impact it had. 
when you read stories about substance use, mental health, homelessness, you know, the the number of people impacted or going through it tends to gain more attention or an urgency that we need more resources and help. When it's one person or two people, it seems like a more isolated issue. What I want to encourage people is that when you do read a story or a headline about one person, or maybe just two, realize that in gambling, that represents a lot of other people as well. It represents a lot of people whose stories are are not being told or not being shared, that goes unnoticed. And just because it is about this one person doesn't mean that is the only one person who is affected by gambling or even impacted by that person's gambling. There's a lot of other people impacted by it. So paying more attention, you know, when you read articles, when you come across things, when there's ones about gambling, don't just skip it over. Don't just pass by it. You know, give it the attention that it deserves. Now let's talk about conferences, right? If you are a committee and you are putting together conferences, include something about gambling. If you don't have people submitting things about gambling, ask someone to present on the topic of gambling. If you do have people who are submitting proposals about things related to gambling, I'm not saying you need to make an entire conference about it, but make sure to include that with it. I've been very fortunate where I've had some different conferences where gambling wasn't the issue, like the main main topic or purpose of it, but I was able to submit stuff on gambling and talk about it and a great reception from audiences on the need to do that. But I've also had the other side of it where some conferences have responded back to me that it's not an area of need or focus. So there, there were clearly other things that were more priority. And I'm not saying it has to be, you have to have a ton of them, but include them more often because no matter what area of focus you're creating for this conference, I guarantee you there's ways gambling has a connection. There's very few ones where gambling doesn't play a role in some of those areas that we're talking about. Now, if you're an attendee, go to some conferences about gambling. Or if you attend a conference and there's nothing about gambling and they do that survey and they ask you, hey, what topics would you want to hear about or see presented on next year? Write down, like to know more about some gambling-related issues. But... I highly encourage people to to keep gambling as part of that ongoing, continuing education with conferences that you go to. Nothing wrong with going to the mindfulness, CBT, trauma, you know, the substance use, mental health, all of those. But once in a while, make sure that you include some gambling info in there. It's amazing when you go to some gambling conferences and you see the amount of new people in attendance and one of the things like if someone you know were to ask hey what why'd you pick gambling 
a very common response is, I don't know much about it, or I've never gone to one. I think that should be more of a frequent, you know, part of ongoing education and just keep that in your rotation. I know there's a lot of other great topics and great things to go to. Make sure once in a while you include something related to gambling. When it comes to things like books, a lot of great books out there. You know, we see people sharing some of the the well-knowns. Um, I know, like, for example, in the substance use world, Undoing Drugs is a big one that we've been talking a lot about. We know with trauma, the body keeps a score. Um, another one that I could give, uh, you know, with uh, The Realm of Hungry Ghosts, you know, I can The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog, you know, some of these, these well-known books in different areas that we could recommend. You know, I think if someone were to say, hey, do you have a good book about, you know, addiction or substance use that, that I could read? And if we all ask the same question about gambling, not sure how well we would do with that. <laughs> I don't know how many books people could reference that would be about something related to either gambling education, gambling prevention, gambling treatment, or even like someone who has a story to tell about gambling. So when you think about it, you know, what, what would you say if someone said to you, or what if a client, you know, or a patient said, Hey, do you have any good books on gambling that, that might be able to help me out? What would you say? So add that in, right? read a book about gambling, you know, specifically with like treatment, research, prevention, you know, education, um, even about gambling in general, just to learn more about what goes on with gambling, even the how some of the things work and, and understanding of it, even from like the industry side of it, having some awareness or knowledge about that will make you a better individual if you're helping those impacted by it or you're just wanting to know like how this this works and, and plays out. And one thing is, you know, when you see gambling come up, you know, when you read about it in a story and someone mentions it or if you're reading a different book on a different thing and you hear something where gambling's mentioned, just like, Give it some more attention. Maybe ask yourself, like, what what does gambling have to do with this story? Or what, what role does it have? What, what part might this play? So it's often easy to look at gambling as, as simply a social, cultural activity that, that someone's engaging in. But if you were to maybe look into a little bit further, pay attention to some things. It's a great way to sort of expand that exploratory search for more information on this topic, which there is quite a bit out there. Another area of growth that is something that you can do with with gambling is podcasts. And this has been a really nice area where podcasts created by people with gambling experience and, and being in the helping profession with gambling 
has really taken off. There's been a lot of support from the industry and, and gambling professionals to, you know, promote and encourage the the use of podcasts. I know I've had the pleasure of meeting with some people and, and knowing some of these podcasts where you just learn so much about gambling, you know, so the Broke Girls Society, Ambitious Addicts, um, Fall In, there's All In, there's the NAADGS podcast. So these are things that once again, you know, people are often sharing what their favorite podcasts are. We usually, we had that recently for an icebreaker for one of our meetings and going over like, what are some great things to listen to? And there's, there's a lot from, you know, the work that we do, the industry to things like entertainment, stuff that people want to listen to, just not even related to work that they do. But there is a lot on gambling. And it's a great way to get some education, awareness, knowledge of what's going on, and can kind of get you caught up to speed in a much faster way of understanding some of the things that are happening with gambling. So make sure you plug those podcasts in, make sure you you kind of recommend some of those to people. Another thing is resources. The resources for gambling are fewer and there is not much out there. We should know the ones that are. So when it comes to your area, your local state, like what gambling resources are there? Is there a council association? Is there a health and human services department that has some information and knowledge and resources to share and know about the national council on problem gambling as well in the wealth of resources and knowledge that they have. Don't do the Google it trap. I really don't like when a client, a patient, a family member is asking for some resources or help and a professional responds with just Google it. And one of the first things that bothers me, maybe this is just me, but I don't think people need permission to Google something. If they wanted to just Google it, they they can do that. They could have done that. There is likely an opportunity for them to have already done that before asking you. When they are asking you, it's normally because you are someone who is in that profession and you are someone that they think knows those resources and has that knowledge and can make a professional recommendation that you can say, yes, here is a number to call. Here is a place you can do that. Um, so don't, don't, we want to make it the access to treatment as easy as it can be. So do I trust that if I just tell someone, Google this place and you should be able to find something, or do I trust that if I had a number I had a name, I had a website address, I had a card, I had a handout, I had a magnet, I had a sticker, I had a pamphlet. They are more likely to call when they walk out with that in their hand than if the goal was to now hop on Google, find information, and then maybe call. 
so with with some of the things that I talked about doing, if anything, get more familiar with resources around you, resources nationally, and have better ways of making those accessible to the people that you work with. Another area you can look at is what you're already doing. There's probably gambling already going on. So some people say like, well, I don't deal with gambling. I don't have people that gamble. You, yes, you do. There's, you do, you just don't see it. Uh, you do or it just hasn't become an issue yet. Or you do. And maybe someone doesn't have a problem with it. But it doesn't mean there isn't any gambling. So I often do a lot of presentations where I talk about, when we talk about substance use, what should we know about gambling? When we talk about mental health, what should we know about gambling? When we talk about trauma, video games, pornography, social media, and youth, why do we need to know about gambling? This is where I kind of talk about becoming a more gambling-informed professional because in all those areas that you may work, gambling exists. Gambling is there. And for some people, gambling is likely a problem or even a use disorder. But we can't just say there is no gambling because gambling is is happening and it's even there's some strong connections to a lot of those areas and things that once again it's in plain sight but it is also hidden. The other thing that I want to the last thing to look at with what can be done is we need legislation and advocacy. It's one of the areas where I've learned so much about the two topics because I don't have to do it as much in in other areas that I work. So there's a lot of other resources to get funds and help and support for substance use for mental health. Do we have all of it that we need? Absolutely not. But there are things being done and there is resources being provided gambling is an area where it is not and two things that really stand out about this is there are zero federal programs to help with gambling at all and in comparison to substance use gambling is 330 times less funded So when it comes to things that you might come across like doing an email to advocate for this or to share some knowledge about why we need it, those need to be – we need to take those opportunities. Gambling voices are so often silent whispers when it comes for help and assistance It needs to get louder so that we can get help for those who need it. So when we look at it, these are just like areas where you can start to think about what you can do and use that to plan like how do I want to then implement that. So, you know, headlines, conferences, books, podcasts, resources, current areas of focus that you do in legislation and advocacy. So think about like, what are we going to do in 2024? You know, what are we going to do for the rest of this year? What do you think we should do, you know, in 2024? You know, let me know. I want to hear some 
suggestions. We went from surveys, you know, to screenings and providing resources. We were doing present, you know, presenting on it. You know, leave a comment in some social media posts or reach out to me through the email. You know, I'm going to be doing something and I want some ideas. An area that you can think of is, you know, where are you and where do you want to go? You know, start somewhere and move forward. You know, even a single step in that direction is going to help. You know, maybe one more conference dedicated to gambling. You know, maybe one more breakout presentation or a keynote at a mental health or substance use or youth conference on gambling. You know, maybe one federal program to help with funding, treatment, prevention, education, and awareness. Asking a few questions to people we serve and treat about gambling. If you do ask questions about gambling, make sure you have some sort of next step for those who identify or screen with having a gambling. Maybe asking isn't just good enough for us. We want to ask and actually do something else. Add a podcast to your regular rotation. Read a book about gambling. I'm not asking for like a grand slam or a home run in the bottom of the ninth inning. Unfortunately, in many areas, gambling is down by a lot. And we need to find ways to start getting movement going forward. You know, like let's put some pieces on the board and start making some moves. Any progress with that in the field of gambling is going to help someone. It is going to give someone the opportunity to get the support that they need. You know, there's a picture of Alice and the cat. You know, the cat's hanging in the tree and Alice. um, Yeah, I used to have one of my offices and I have it my home office now. But, you know, he's hanging in the tree. Alice comes along and Alice asks, would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? And the cat says, that depends a good deal on where you want to go. And Alice responds with, I don't care much where. And the cat says, then it doesn't matter which way you go. You know, when it comes to gambling, it's going to be the same. You know, if as individuals, organizations, and society, if we ask where we want to be with gambling, we say, well, we don't care. It's not something we deal with. We don't have time for that. You know, we have to care because it's been a part of gambling's history especially in relation to those impacted by it and experience problems and use disorders where people don't have all the compassion and see the need for help. And that's why we are in the position we are in today. So that's why I want to, again, pose those same questions that I asked earlier is what I'm also going to conclude with. One What did you do for Problem Gambling Awareness Month in 2023? And two, what can you do to improve what you did going forward for the rest of the year for 2024 and beyond? Share with us. Tell us what you did and talk about what you are going to do. There are a lot of people that will not stop when it comes to helping those impacted by gambling And we need more people to be a part of it. So with all that and more to come, thanks for listening. And I hope you learned something. 
You've been listening to Talking Addiction and Recovery with Andrew J. Schreier. We're so glad you've joined us and invite you to connect further with the show and these topics at www.andrewjschreier.com. That's Andrew J. S. C. H. R. E. I. E. R.com. You can also email us directly at talkingaddictionandrecovery at gmail.com and connect on social media, Instagram at Talking Addiction and Recovery, Facebook, Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast, and Twitter at TalkAR underscore podcast. To stay connected and never miss an episode, be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, friends, let's keep talking addiction and recovery.